Okay, well, Elon Musk is the talk of the town and has suddenly generated uh, armies of enemies from people who used to worship the ground he walked under because he was saving the planet with his electric cars. But now, of course, he's enemy number one. And I've heard parenthetically that he's had to significantly increase, increase his security budget, personal security budget, since the Twitter takeover, since the number of threats against him has risen enormously. And we've been talking about Twitter, uh, about Musk taking over Twitter since the first rumors were announced months and months and months ago. And uh, we all decided, I think, kind of together that in the interest of, um, of having been disappointed before, and let's see what happens, we would see, first of all, if the deal went through. And then secondly, if he lived up to, to what he said he was going to do, and nobody knew if he was going to. Well, Donald Trump was reinstated. 60,000 canceled uh, um, accounts were reinstated. Uh, and that, to me, was was proof. You, you, you can say whatever you want to on Twitter. He also got rid of a lot of the uh, child pornography uh, trafficking that was going on on Twitter. And that, to me, seems like an appropriate use of banning somebody from a free speech platform. So all of that, as far as I'm concerned, Musk paid off when he when he unbanned those accounts and made Twitter a free speech platform. But he's gone above and beyond the call of duty now oh, yeah. because what he has done is he has released the internal emails of the collusion between the Biden campaign and Twitter to suppress the Hunter Biden story. And even more dramatically now, he had, well, at least for, for people in our trade, he's also released recently the emails talking about how Twitter suppresses conservative thought, not, not if they do or how they do, but just multiple emails about who's going to be banned, who's going to be prevented from trending, all of this stuff. And now that in alone is kind of a, okay, it's a great, congratulations, you were right. You know, what, what does that mean? Well, Republican control of the House and Senate would have been nice, but Republican control of the House means that you can launch congressional investigations, right, that have some teeth now. And, um, and so my question to you guys is, do you think that any of this is actionable? And, and if so, number one, do you think they'll take action on it? And number two, do you think it'll stick? Because I watch guys like Josh Hawley and- um, Senator. Uh, and who, uh, yeah, and, and, um, and Jim Jordan and, uh, and a couple of others, and they are not- Yes, they are senators, correct. No, no Jordan's not, a representative, isn't he? Congress? Right, okay, yeah. right, yes. Yeah, Holly's yes, yes. so, a senator. So I watched Jordan just demolish people. And and so my question is, if he, if, if my, this is, this is the, the big win, right? We haven't gotten there yet. This is just the potential. Because social media has been the, has been, if, if the, if the Democrats had not controlled social media, Biden wouldn't have won in 2020. And that's what the voters said. That's not that's not what I said. When they did exit polling on the voters, they said, if you heard about this laptop story, would you change your vote? And it was like 58 percent of them said yes. So, yes. So, yes. So so my so here's my question, guys. Does does the liberation of Twitter and the revelation of what goes on internally in one social media giant, does that have the capability of of giving uh, Congress enough leverage to then apply the same questions to other uh, social media companies? Do we have a chance of getting free speech across the board? Let, let me jump in here because I've, I've got a theory about this and I, I think it holds. Uh, we just <laughs> we're going to need the White House and the DOJ to, DOJ to make it happen. Uh, 2024 is so important. Um, as long as you're a, a private company, the First Amendment doesn't apply to you. You can publish 
and share what you choose. And if you want to suppress speech, that's your business. However, the First Amendment isn't just a nice little thing of the Constitution. There are also laws on the books protecting free speech, protecting the First Amendment. And you can be put on trial. You can serve time in prison if you denied somebody their civil rights or if you conspired to deny somebody their civil rights. And if a private company is acting at the behest of the government, those laws now apply. And the FBI knew in 2019 that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. And in, I believe it was September of 2020, as the election heated up, the FBI was working behind the scenes with companies like Twitter, which we know for a fact, we've seen the emails. They were working behind the scenes with companies like Facebook to suppress this, to silence people. And these social media platforms acted at the behest of the FBI to silence Americans, to deprive us of our civil rights. That is, uh, that's that's conspiracy to deprive because they were working behind and the scenes. And government censorship, right? That's, that's right. the First Amendment protects us. That's against. right. And if a private company is working at the behest of the federal government, then those laws apply to them now. You, they, If you're acting as a private entity, fine. If you're acting at the behest, on the behalf of the federal government, boom. So there are a lot of charges against a lot of people. Uh, that could be filed. Now, that's not going to happen under a Biden DOJ, period. Uh, the Department well, of... What about a congressional investigation? It still has to be prosecuted by the DOJ, right? It, it, still exactly. But we can bring out a lot of stuff in public. What, what, what Musk has done here, he said early on when he took control of the company, it was one of the first things he said. He wasn't just, he wasn't just going to unban accounts. He said uh, it had been so bad that he had to rebuild trust. And the only way to rebuild trust was to show accountability and transparency. And by releasing these emails, these, uh, what do they call it? The Twitter files. And Mm -hmm. he's gotten the two best left-leaning journalists uh, alive today. And that's Matt Tabby. Tabby, Yeah. And uh, I just forgot her name because I said Matt's Uh, uh, formerly the New York Times. Um, She's got a great subset. Wasn't it Rosenblum? No. um, Rosenblum? Oh, it's killing me that I can't remember her name. But she did the second All Twitter right. files just uh, just last night that were released. Um, the fact that he got the two best uh, old school I, – I, I call them old school liberals, I guess. we're Because they're, they're still pro-American and they still believe in, in – yeah. They yeah, still believe in the speech. First Amendment, hardcore. Yeah. Um, I used to make fun of Matt a lot when he was at Rolling Stone, but he got red-pilled on the First Amendment – uh, when he left Rolling Stone, and I just respect the hell out of that man. And it's killing me that I can't remember the gal's name. Um, and I've, I've written a couple of articles about her and how great she is. And of course, you know me in names. I, suck. I think there's a there's another angle to this, which for some reason, uh, the people who are complaining about what Elon Musk did don't seem to grasp this one essential fact. It's his company now. And, and yeah. I don't by that, I don't mean, therefore, he can do whatever he pleases. What I mean is they're behaving as if Elon Musk was doing something to Twitter, like he was yeah. some outside force that was acting on Twitter. Uh, he's not. It's his company. And frankly, if my company had in its files somewhere information that could make us look like accessories, at the very least accessories after the fact to some crime... I would want to get that out as fast as possible and say, look, we want to be completely forthcoming here. Stuff happened in the past that should not have happened. Or, I mean, you may go through all these files and go, okay, well, is, is nothing 
prosecutable here. But at the very least, by getting them out there, that determination can be made by the public and by, you know, judicial processes, not keeping it secret as apparently some people wanted him to do, and then make everybody wonder what that relationship was. He is being above board. He is putting it all on the table because his money and his reputation are at risk. He's got to be as as honest and open as he can possibly yeah. be. Bari Weiss. Just- Bari Weiss is her name. Uh, go to her Substack. Her work is brilliant. This is how you... This is how you rebuild trust. And, and from a strictly marketing and advertising point of view, this is how you rebuild a brand. The classic example of, of, of a brand and a business doing something the right way was the Tylenol issue. Most people or a lot of people are too young to remember this, but there was a, a period 30 years ago now. Yeah, I guess, 40. Where somebody has been 40 years a bunch of Tylenol bottles, put poison in Tylenol. And so Tylenol could have said, well, just a number of bottles. Seven or people this died. Or it was all Tylenol. Yeah. So what, so what the, the company that makes Tylenol did was they said, we're taking all, all the Tylenol off the shelves. We're just get out, get all of it out. We're going to trash it, right? And, and he said, and we're going to do this and we're going to put tamper-proof um, locks on these things, which didn't exist. Yeah. All of those yeah. things you see now, you have to undo the plastic, you have to undo this. To do, none of that. that we, you, you could buy a bottle of Nestle's quick chocolate milk now and you got to take off the cap. There used the to be that protective then, cotton ball, exist. Bill. There was the protective cotton ball. <laughs> there wasn't there, that, that cotton ball wasn't on Nestle's chocolate milk, I can tell you. So, so the entire the entire idea of tamper resistant packaging came as a result of this Tylenol thing, and and the reason that that's cited is people's people bought more Tylenol yeah. as a result of how they responded to the fact that Tylenol might have been poisoned. Everything they did was perfect, and essentially what they did was they took responsibility for something that they didn't do. Yeah. Right, it's not, it's not oh, like the executives got a bad batch of Tylenol that got poisoned. Somebody, some lunatic poisoned the Tylenol, but they said, hey, this is our problem. That's what Musk is doing now, right? He didn't yeah. cause any of these problems, they even but released, it's his company now. Tylenol, they even released their in-house investigation. I mean, they, they were t- completely transparent. And That's this is how it works. 40 years ago, and this is still taught as textbook public relations. This is yeah, crisis absolutely. communications 101. Everybody sees that as the as the gold standard. And we had to go back 40 years to find that gold Ex- standard. Yep. Accept responsibility. Make everything that you're doing transparent. Make the cause of the problem transparent. Make the solutions transparent. Make commitments to change and then deliver the change. That's that's it. And Tylenol did it. So, so I got two other things to add about this, or or, or to ask about this. You know, you're saying the DOG was you know never going to take this this case, and you're no. probably right. But, but invasion of privacy issues are one thing that there are a significant number of people on the left agree about. There's a lot of you could form you could form this as an anti corporate action which would gain you a lot of support among Democrats. You're not going to get the support of the far left because they're the ones that are pulling the levers on these things anyway. But if you were basically saying, look, here's what these people have on you. They have all of this information on you. They're able to do this. They're able to do that. And they're able to do it without your knowledge. And they are not responsible for it because you signed an end user agreement, right? If you, if you, if you constructed the argument in such a way, you probably could get enough broad-based support to to turn this into a, an anti-corporate monopoly crusade. Then you'd make both sides happy. Now, whether we're smart enough to do that, I don't know. Do you think you think that would work? 
The, uh, to take <sighs> your, your original question about the congressional hearings, uh, my only hesitancy there is uh, the tremendous waste of time and money for of every congressional hearing I think I've ever <laughs> I seen. Know. I know. It's, it's a political poser parade um, where, you know, it's just congressmen getting an opportunity to make speeches to their home districts um, and, you know, trying to draw attention to themselves. Yes, you've got the occasional Jim Jordan who knows how to do a cross-examination, <laughs> uh, but by and large... They're not like that. And they're just, well, they're, Scott, they're basically, the whole the whole idea of a congressional hearing is the same as the whole idea of Sean Hannity interviewing anybody. It's, it is, hey, this is what I think, don't you agree? Scott, there's a, a, a oh, sorry. Oh, I, there's a real quick hit. Uh, Scott, there's a, there's a Jeopardy joke you could use for any and every congressional investigation ever. Congressman, could you put your speech in the form of a question? <laughs> yes. Okay, fair enough. But fair enough. But I've watched uh Holly and and Ted Cruz and a number of other people get basically get the FBI to admit that these things are happening, basically take Facebook yeah. in and 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 have him say I'll get back to you on this, I'll get back to you on this, I'll get back to you on this and then say to his face, you'll get back to me on this when you're not under oath. You're under oath now. This kind of thing. So at the very least, it uncovers evidence. It uncovers a, a great deal of evidence. They have investigative legal powers. But the single greatest power that a congressional inquiry has is you're under oath, right? You're under oath. Did you see what um, what um, uh, uh, Jim Jordan did with that um, that Supreme Court case with, with that guy just yesterday? Oh, the guy who yeah. Claimed that he was a reverend and it was the first time that the Supreme Court had ever used an honorific in a case. He wrote about it in his book and, and, and Jordan just said, wow, this must've been quite a moment for you. Yeah. Are you sure? Are you, are you sure that, that he called you reverend this? Uh, well, I'm not hundred percent sure. That's how I remembered it. And then he starts providing the transcripts <laughs> and then they go, well, maybe I misheard it wrong. Then he starts playing the audio thing. So it's not without its, it's not without its value. And then the second question I have goes more to the, um, to the uh, the censorship side, right? The, the suppression, the because these emails have revealed that Twitter suppressed people based on their political leanings, right? So the question now is: Shocker. Do those people do those people have a civil suit? Yes, because they were not informed that the, they were not informed that they were being uh, suppressed, right? They 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 got no notification of it. They went into it with the understanding. That this would be, there, there was no, there was no prior knowledge on their part that these kind of actions would be taken. Do they have a civil case? I think they might. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They've got a civil case. Oh, uh, despite so so many accounts being uh, unshadow banned and and uh, banned accounts, totally banned accounts being reinstated, my friend Bruce Carroll, aka Gay Patriot, can still not get into his original account. Because there have been some that have fallen through the cracks. So, uh, Elon, I know you watch us every week. Yeah, you, oh, you, you, you got to reinstate him. Okay, he's one of the funniest people on Twitter. He'll he'll, he'll drive traffic. I promise. Okay, so here's the final here's the final issue. Because I would, needless to say, what's happening at Twitter, I would like to see happen to YouTube, and I'd like to see happen to all of these social media platforms. Although I used to say in Facebook too, but Facebook's doing a pretty good job of destroying itself because. 
their lunatic autistic uh, uh, president <laughs> has convinced that everybody would rather live in a virtual world with a you know with this gigantic headset <laughs> spending- and look at cartoon images. He, basically, he's trying to convince the entire world to live the way that he does. Right? Don't want to talk actual people. You know, I want to talk advertising. He's spending ten billion dollars a year on the metaverse, lumping them in with Mark Zuckerberg. Well, yeah, and, and right. by the way, uh, so when Facebook loses 70 percent of its value, that's the single greatest stock decline on the on the trading market. But here's the here's the final issue, right? The entire argument that they're that this is a private business that they can do whatever they want to is true. And I believe in a private business you can do whatever you want to. I believe if you have a restaurant and you decide you don't want to serve somebody, you have the perfect right to do that. Now, that's fine. And if that is the only argument, great. But Twitter and all these social media companies have a special have a special form of um, of uh, indemnification. They're, they're, they are they they the argument is is that they are carriers, which means that since they are simply posting content, they bear no responsibility for that content. They're essentially saying, look, we're like telephone lines. You know, if somebody somebody calls in a terrorist threat over a telephone line. You can't blame Ma Bell for that, right? We just carry the signal. Yeah, but they're a telephone line where a guy from Ma Bell is sitting there with a pair of pliers holding the wire in his hands and getting ready to pinch (laughs) it off if something comes through he doesn't like. That's different. Yeah. Exactly. So now the question is, when the emails are revealed internally that Twitter is actually doing it, it's no longer longer, um, an assertion and it's no longer an allegation. Now there's internal evidence that they that they did this, right? That they have editorialized the content on Twitter by deciding what goes out and what doesn't. That's a violation of their status as carriers, right? Does that mean now that 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 will generate enough steam so that you can go after these other companies and say we're finding it a little hard to believe that you didn't uh, cooperate on this? Um, it might it might be limited. Because that's a, a murky area because of Section 320, uh, the broader uh, lawsuits might not have standing. But if you were trying to share the uh, New York Post Hunter Biden story and got that squashed, Twitter wouldn't even let you share it through a direct message privately. They, they totally killed it. They totally killed it off. And they did that at the behest of the FBI. That brings in conspiracy to deny civil rights. Well, and I'm kind of torn on this issue because, yeah, I think that they're acting as uh, something more than carriers and and something close to publishers um, when they do stuff like this. On the other hand, if the federal government started to treat them as publishers and make them accountable for everything that get posted there, I think that it would get even worse as far as free speech goes, because basically then they would have to clamp down on everything and have to be hypersensitive to anything that goes on there. I'm I'm comfortable leaving it a gray area, but I think the more sunlight we put on this, uh, that's the best disinfectant. Government regulation is not necessarily an effective uh, antiseptic, but being able to pour on the sunlight and say, hey, look what's been happening. And that's exactly what Elon Musk is doing, saying, hey, take a look. This is what's happening. Yeah, Yeah. well, the the, the sunlight doesn't seem to be affecting these vampires. There wasn't a whole lot of sunlight. We're just, that's just coming to light now. But in response to that, to that argument that, if you made them choose, if you forced them to choose, then they would have a very hard time edit- as editors. They'd have to editorialize anything. That's impossible for them. If 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 we make the, if it turns out that they are in fact editorializing and they are, 
then if I post a, if I post a Disney clip on YouTube, Disney can sue YouTube for having that clip up there. Yeah. So so they have they have not got the option to go to the publisher and Scott. The only thing that that that, that enforcing that law would do would be to force them to become carriers. Like, there's no way you can force them to assume the responsibility of publishers because it's in, it's it's simply... Oh, I, I was not un, going on the un- assumption we were giving them a choice. I was going on the assumption that we were going to say, as, yeah. it, as the ball lies, you are a publisher. So if you're giving them a choice, that's a different matter. Okay, so yeah. yeah okay, fair enough. So I think, well, certainly they cannot choose to be publishers. And right now they are living, as you say, in a gray area, which allows them to suppress speech as they choose. And when it affects elections, now you're talking about now you're talking about issues yeah. that are in fact of the of oh. the common of the common good. And, I, and so I bet the New York Post lawyers are just sharpening all their pencils and filling up all their yeah. legal pads. I can't even imagine what they might have in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. But you know, Elon Musk. I, I don't want to sound like a fanboy, but you know what? I'm a fanboy. I mean, he. Um, he changed the electric car industry. He changed the space flight industry. And, and, and when all my life I've been told that, you know, freedom isn't free. And, and, and the people that told me that were right. Freedom isn't free. It costs $42 billion. That's what freedom of speech, that's the, the price tag on it. And, um, and I'm glad somebody had the money to, to yeah. pony up that check because I don't.